to share with you all. Um, and, you know, I just kept forgetting or, or it might have been uh, God's way of telling me not yet. But, um, but this, this is the day. Um, so, about um, God-given talents. You know, whether it be, uh, whether it be singing or, uh, or uh, writing poems or, uh, or just, or just simply raising your hand in, in praise, uh, just whatever, whatever that is, um, just, uh, just, you know, just raise your hand, raise your hand high in praise and sing loud and just. And just keep writing those poems, you know. And, uh, and you know, if anybody else has any uh, another example, I'm all ears. So, but I just wanted to share that this morning. And uh, let's just praise the Lord this morning. Uh, the first song this morning will be number 555, I Love You, Lord. <laughs> Oh. 
Beneath the Lord. 
Good morning, good morning. Did y'all all have a real nice Christmas? We did. And I thank the Lord for another day. 
Turn to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to go through about the first 18 verses there. While y'all getting turned there, let's open with prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this day, thankful for this time of year. I pray that more people would understand the, the true meaning behind this time. That it's not about a gift, but it's the gift from you, the Savior. I ask, Lord, you keep me out of the way of this and let it all be about you. Just be with us. God, direct us. Forgive us where we have failed thee. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This morning, there's just a few of us, so if y'all have something y'all want to say during the message, just interrupt and we'll discuss it. I'm going to leave it up, kind of an open forum this morning. But I guess I better put something on where I can see what I'm reading. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there were there come wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. When they had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be, should be born. And they said unto him, Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that will rule my people Israel. When Herod had called privately, called the wise men, inquiring of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it come and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they come into the house, they saw the young child and Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented unto him gold, gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country. Let's stop right there for just a moment. The three gifts that they brought. Gold was for a king. Frankincense and myrrh. You know what myrrh is. It's used to anoint the dead bodies. So all three gifts were meant for a reason. Thirteen, And when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed in, into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coast thereof from two years old and under. 
according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken of the Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they were not. Three wise men, or was it two or more? We take three because of three gifts. But chances are it was more. But who were they? Scholars? Astrologers? We know they was following a star. We know that they saw this star and they followed it. They believed that this star meant something mighty important had happened. Some versions of the Bible refer them to, to them as Magi. And if I'm mispronouncing that, forgive me. Not as kings or wise men. And the plural of it, I guess, is Magal, M-A-G-O-I. How you pronounce that? Magal? Which describes a known group of people within the Medo-Persian culture. Interestingly, they held a position that was that culture was strikingly parallel to the function of the Levites served in the commonwealth of Israel. We first hear about these, this group in the book of Daniel when King Nebuchadnezzar called all his wise men together to interpret a dream. And you know who the only one that was that was able to interpret that dream, right? Daniel. And after Daniel's interpretation of the dream, he was put in charge of all the Magi. And he remained in that position even after the Medes and the Persians conquered Babylon. And knowing what we know about Daniel, would you dare say that he probably taught them about God? I know he did. He wasn't scared to pray whenever he was told not to pray. You know he taught these guys about God. So they knew the prophecy of the coming of the king. They studied the stars. They studied the celestial bodies. They were astrologers. They tried to assign mystic powers to the movements. Rose to a place of tremendous power and influence in the Medo-Persian culture. Her teaching became known as the laws of the Medes and Persians. Have y'all heard that before? The law of the Medes and the Persians? It can't be changed. This phrase is used in both Daniel and Esther. And they eventually became known as kingmakers, since any prospective Persian king had to first master their scientific and religious knowledge and practices and be approved by the Magi before taking the throne. So there's another little glitch that you don't ever th- hear about very much. If they were kingmakers, they was coming to announce a king. And even at the time of Jesus' birth, they made this kind of influence in the region of Parthia, I think that's how it's pronounced, which was in the eastern border of the Roman Empire in what is the modern-day Iraq. 
a travel to that area of Jerusalem would have been much different than traditional pictures of three turban-wearing men riding camels. As Persian dignitaries, they'd likely been traveling in a large caravan, riding on Persian steeds, been accompanied by service and a large division of soldiers to protect them, especially with those expensive gifts. So a group like this, you think that wouldn't have attracted the attention of Herod? I guarantee it would have. And although Herod, he'd been raised, at least nominally, as a Jew and overseen the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem, he was actually a, an Indomit, a Greek term for the Edomites. He had previously served as governor in the region of Galilee and earned favor with the Romans by putting down the rebellion there. He became, got the title of king of Judah by the Roman Senate in 40 B.C. While in power, he became known as a ruthless king. He was so bad that he even had some of his family members killed because they, he was scared they was trying to get to his king, his throne. Killed, killed a wife and two sons that I know of. So with his influence around that area, it was hard to think that just a, two or three guys on a cam couple of camels would have even brought attention to him, right? It had to have been a large group. They had come seeking the king. They, had, they knew the prophecies, they saw the star, and they come seeking the king. And them being king makers, they arrived at that time, yeah, Herod would have been upset. Herod knew enough about Jewish scriptures to know the birth of Messiah King, but not enough to know where he was going to be born. Like a lot of us today, we know a lot about the Bible, but we don't know everything about the Bible. So he got the Jewish leaders and brought them in and said, where is this Christ supposed to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem. But don't you find it interesting? They wasn't but six miles from Bethlehem. And they knew that all the reports was that this caravan was coming to worship the newborn king. They had the prophecies of him. Why didn't they go and check it out themselves? That's a good question, isn't it? But instead, they went the other way and went to talk to Herod. Never went to check it out themselves at all. And they've been looking for Messiah for how many years? 400 plus? And now they get an idea that he's been born and you don't go check it out. Something about that picture don't add up, does it? But it was all in God's plan. But instead, they let some Gentiles go and find him.
And armed with information that he had just received from this religious leaders, Herod calls the Magi to his place for a secret meeting to try to find out when this took place. All the nativity scenes we see, see the shepherds and the wise men and all coming together on the night he was born. Chances are this was some time after that they got there. It wasn't on the night. The shepherds probably, but the wise men were not. And I imagine the Magi being wise was probably pretty skeptical of Herod's wanting to go and worship this new king when he had a reputation he had of killing people that threatened his throne. Probably sent up a pretty good red flag to him. There have been a lot of theories raised over the years about what the Magi saw in the sky, what led them to Jesus, what kind of star it was. We don't really know. But it was a special celestial star that God put in place for that time. I'm going to leave it at that, and that's what I believe. And it led them to Jesus. If these men were from Iraq, I say we need some more wise men in Iraq. Anyway, they looked at their, they had read their books, they had studied their books that Daniel probably taught them all through his life, and they was coming to worship a new king. Now, what are we doing? Are we worshiping the king? We better be. I'm probably fixing to get myself in trouble here, but oh well, I'm good at that. I read a cute story most of y'all may have heard. If it had been three wise women, they would have asked directions at the start. They'd been there to help deliver the baby Jesus, clean the stable, brought gifts worthwhile, like diapers, washcloths, and the lights, and even brought a casserole. I know, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> Even read one time that this is the only recorded time in history that men ask for directions. That's not true because I have. <laughs> I'd already mentioned this that Terry was so paranoid that he had his father in law and many of his wives and two of his sons killed because he's scared they wanted his throne. So he was a paranoid man. So do you think he really wanted to go and worship the new king? No. He wanted them to do the work so he didn't have to go find him. So he could kill him. Satan was on the warpath, wasn't he? He knew God had sent his son to earth for a very reason. To give his life for man, mankind. If he could wipe him out at the beginning... He might, might could spoil God's plan. But as powerful as Satan is, he's not all powerful, is he? God is in control of everything. He gave the wise men a dream, said, 
Y'all go back a different way. And probably the same night, he gave Joseph a dream, get out of town, go to Egypt. And uh, Herod being mocked was extremely mad. You think about what kind of an evil man does it take to send men out to kill children two years and under? A defenseless child. What kind of evil does that take? That's got to be completely Satan controlled. And that's exactly what he did. And it was prophesied in the Old Testament that it was going to happen. In Jeremiah 31, 15, Thus said the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted because the children were no more. It's just downright evil. That's all there is to it. And Satan thought if he could wipe out Christ right then, he would get the upper hand. It's not Herod that was in charge. It's not Satan that was in charge. It was God himself. They was just doing what he wanted done. God sent his son into Egypt so the other prophecies could be fulfilled. I called my son out of Egypt. Satan is going to try to push you and push you and push you. He's going to try his best to overcome you. He's going to try his best to overcome God. He wants his throne to be above God. But his throne is not going to be above God. His throne is not going to be a throne. It's going to be a pit of torment. As we've gone through the last couple of weeks, hundreds of prophecies were fulfilled by Jesus coming. And there's one prophecy left to be fulfilled, and that's his return. He may return today. He may return next week. He may return next year. We don't know. And I wouldn't want to have that knowledge on my shoulders. Because if I knew God was, let's just make for an example. If I knew he was going to send Jesus back tomorrow at 3 o'clock p.m., I couldn't stay quiet. I'd be out there knocking on every door in town do you know Jesus? Well, shouldn't we be that way now? 
Shouldn't we bring this community together as one under Christ? If we serve a living God, we should be telling people about Him. If we serve a living God, if there is a living God, shouldn't people know it? As I've said in other sermons, you, you take what we do, we breathe in oxygen. We expel carbon dioxide. Those plants, live plants, breathe in carbon dioxide and expel oxygen. Did that happen by accident? No. It was all planned. There's nothing that goes on in this world that God didn't have planned from day one. He knew that Adam and Eve would not be able to stand up to the one rule that they had to obey by. He knew that Jesus was going to have to come at an appointed time to give his life for mankind. And now that, that has been fulfilled. And he has had us under grace ever since. But one day, as in Noah's day, when that ark door got closed, the door of opportunity here is going to be closed. And you don't want to wait till then. If you had to make a decision today and stand in a courtroom and say, is there enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? Would there be? Yep. If you can say yes, give God praise for it. But if you can't, you might want to get on your knees at the altar. Jesus came for one reason. That was to give his life for us. He knew before he ever left heaven that's what he was going to have to do. And he did it willingly. Yes, he asked God if there's a way that this cup could pass, let it. But it wasn't because he wasn't willing to die for us. He didn't want to be separated from the Father for that, that amount of time. Him and the Father were one. We can be with, with Jesus that way now. God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So if we're not as close to him as they was back in the, the old days, whose fault is it? It's not his. It's ours. If you're not as close as you want to be to God, today's the day you need to be. We're fixing to step into a new year here in just a few days. What direction are you going to be taking? Are you going to chase the world or are you going to chase God? Me and my house, we're going to chase God. As our pianist and song director come, make your decision what you're going, who you're going to serve today.
Heavenly Father, we come to you, giving you this time, asking for your blessings. If there is any kind of decision to be made, whether it's here or out, those that was listening, I pray today would be the day that they would turn to you before it's too late. And we give you the time. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand as we sing number 465, Only Trust Him.